This is The Noted Liar, a podcast of short stories. Number three, Avocado by Glyn Cannon. To Philippa at guildfordwellness.co.uk. Tuesday, 4th June, 10.37pm. So, we got here in one piece. Only to find Julia grinning at me like an idiot to congratulate me on arranging celestial fireworks for her wedding. Shame they were six days early. I had no idea what she meant. When Julia realised I really didn't have any idea what she meant, her crazy grin seemed to stretch even wider. Apparently... Not only did a geologist with a supposed interest in meteorites manage to mistime a spectacular meteor shower over the wedding venue, this particular geologist managed to somehow have no idea this meteor shower was even happening. Here was my sister managing to somehow slap me on the back for giving her something interesting to talk about with her guests, while simultaneously slapping me in the face for doing such a bad job of it. Then it was my turn to slap the grin right off her face when she noticed Zuzu hiding behind my waist. Yes. Richard bailed on me at the very last second, just as we thought he might. I got the call this morning, at around six. Not even a call, actually. He sent me a voicemail. Not a proper voicemail, one of those audio message things that you can do. So I didn't even have a chance to pick up the phone on him. He gets to avoid talking to me without later being accused of letting down his daughter by text message. How pathetic is that? Anyway, yes. Usual bullshit. Called away. Something mysterious. Something so very important. And no, he can't look after Zuzu for the week. In the diary, for six months. Brushed aside in 20 seconds. Great. I hope Zuzu didn't notice her aunt's face falling. Do you pick up on such things at four? Julia was nice enough. Grin pasted back big hug for her specialist niece, her only niece. But kids do spot these things, don't they? It's obvious to me. I've lived with that fake face in my life for 32 years. Does she see it already? Zuzu squirmed away from Julia and ran straight off. Julia went back to chatting to my Uncle Simon and his second wife, Marie. But I could feel their looks of pity burrowing into my back as I chased after her. The room is great. You were right. This place is amazing. Although the walls do all seem to ooze Tory. We have a lovely view of the back lawn. Zuzu was enthralled by watching the men setting up the marquee and is desperate to go and play with the chess set for giants that's been set out next to it. I'm fairly sure that having that out will be Julia's idea. I doubt she's ever touched a chessboard. Zuzu almost managed to concuss herself on a radiator after bouncing on the huge bed. I was so looking forward to almost a week of sleep without being kicked in the back. I shouted at her in panic and she managed to lock herself in the ensuite for half an hour. Eventually we established that it wasn't that she wouldn't come out, it was also that she couldn't get out, having locked the door with a fairly old and hefty bolt. With a bit of work, with a teaspoon, I was able to release her fortunately. I think having to call the front desk for help within an hour of getting here would have embarrassed me into driving straight home. At least we haven't had a neighbouring hotel guest complaining about the screams, though I'm braced for it. I don't think many people have arrived yet. We got down to dinner to find that Uncle Simon had nipped into town to buy Zuzu a large sketch pad and a ridiculously large bucket of crayons, 
as if I had somehow only rocked up with a tote bag of clean knickers and a toothbrush or something. Zuzu made a very performative show of appreciation for the gift. He raised the meteor shower again at dinner. I was delicately trying to get Zuzu to eat a bit of anything without detonating so it was only half available, but the conversation basically resumed about how ironic that a geologist specialising in meteorites missed a meteor shower. Never mind that my interest in meteorites was only ever a side distraction, I'm hardly a specialist. And never mind that as a geologist, no, I don't have some kind of psychic intuition as to when these things are coming. I mean, the very nature of geology means you spend the vast majority of your time looking down. The groom, Keith, had obviously tuned in and made some crack about how I should be termed an extraterrestrial geologist and that that could be shortened to extra geologist because just one geologist is never enough. I'd had enough by now and proudly clarified that I was no longer that interested in meteorites as it turned out that they had limited academic value and I had long since grown out of all that X-Files bullshit. Aliens were not out there throwing bricks at us with insults written on them. The Hollywood movies are all nonsense start to finish, especially all the alien invasions. If an alien civilization has the wherewithal and the resources to traverse the vast distances of space and somehow slip the bounds of the speed of light, they're actually going to rock up here and need anything from us? Oh, did I mention one of the few things I actually know about Keith is that he's a massive sci-fi aficionado. I got to be smug for about 30 seconds before Richard's voice rang loud in my head. I remembered I'd made a similar argument at a dinner party a year back and he had shot it down with cold efficiency. The whole point of Alien is that we'd have no chance of understanding their intentions at all. They might not even have intentions. Alien could mean anything, a ball of energy, a puff of smoke, a funny frequency of light, a strange idea. I remember Richard not even looking like he'd taken any delight in undermining me. It was just what he was obliged to do. Yes, that wiped the smile off my face. I can almost hear what you're about to say as I write all this down. Thank you for suggesting I send you these emails this week. And thank you for promising to actually read them all. It really helps. I realise it's not Julia's facial expressions I'm worried about Zuzu catching at all, is it? It's mine. My disappointment when I realised Zuzu was coming with me, not Julia's. I could never have admitted that before talking to you. Wednesday, 5th of June, 11.34pm. Thanks, I think, to the lack of traffic noise, Zuzu slept an unusual amount and we both missed breakfast. Probably a good thing, by the sounds of what happened. One of the gardening staff or groundskeeper, whatever they are, apparently had some kind of cardiac event and staggered all the way up to the windows of the breakfast room before collapsing. Simon had given him CPR and all that, but it was too late. Marie recounted with horror the poor man's sweaty purple face sliding down the bifold doors. Given the kerfuffle with police and ambulances, I called a taxi and took Zuzu out for breakfast in town, with a short list of errands from Julia in my back pocket. We found a nice little cafe and I got Zuzu a croissant and made the fatal mistake of ordering avocado on toast for myself. Zuzu seems to have a profound dislike of avocados. She calls them alien food. I can see her point. They are fairly unlike anything else with all that bright green flesh and bumpy skin. I'd hoped by receiving it pre-smushed in a cafe she wouldn't have noticed it. She did though and decided to tell the whole cafe how disgusting she thought my breakfast looked. I did try to be gentle, 
I calmly explained that it was rude to comment like that and how the other customers were just trying to enjoy their breakfasts quietly. I just misjudged it somehow. I watched it inevitably fall across her face, a hot cloud of shame and fury, and then a slam back of the chair and escape. At least she didn't run out of the cafe, but she did run to hide straight under a table behind the counter, blocking the poor young woman running the place. I pleaded with her to come out, and the young woman did her best to help as well. Nothing but screams. I had to pack ourselves up and forcibly prize the Zuzu away from the table legs and carry her out. Outside, I held her tightly and tried to calm her. I sincerely did everything you've suggested. But when I said above that I misjudged how to talk to her, I didn't, did I? I didn't shame her or reproach her. I just tried to give her a reasonable idea of appropriate behaviour in language a four-year-old can perfectly understand. What was so wrong with that? I can feel myself getting angry again now. I'm afraid I wasn't able to calm her down at all. I just dragged us away from the cafe as far and as quickly as possible. And I might well have tugged her little arm a bit harder than necessary and I am very ashamed about that. I try to let her just talk, I do. I do try to ask her what she is feeling, open questions, all of it. The thing is, I hear Richard speaking whenever I do. This grating, analytical voice just asking questions at me like I'm some bomb to defuse, figuring out which wire in me to cut. He used to grumble that for somebody so passionate, so loudly emotive apparently, deep down I had very little interest in other people's feelings. But it was him that wanted all that passion gone, stripped away. It embarrassed him. We were meant to somehow be the most dispassionate lovers that ever existed. Anthony and Cleopatra in a cold bath. Bonnie and Clyde with solid office jobs. And here I am, constantly trying to defuse my own little beautiful bomb. Constantly clipping the wrong wire. I'm just like an avocado filliper. I'd like to think I'm all hard shell hiding a gentle underbelly, but no. More like a thick layer of fleshy softness with a hard, impenetrable core. Catch me on the wrong day and I'm just unpleasant mush. We went back to our room to lick our wounds and both hide there in the afternoon. Simon came to our room and told us he'd spotted an enterprising ice cream van that had come all the way into the hotel grounds and was yet to be chased away by security. I let him and Marie take Zuzu for an ice cream and a play outside. The peace with the window open was bliss. And I let myself have a good cry for no reason. Thursday 6th, 11.20am. I woke up this morning to find that Zuzu had already been awake for an hour or two, drawing furiously. I've never seen her quite this interested in drawing, actually. She usually manages a few strokes to draw a house and a few people, then announces she's finished and rips off another sheet to start again. Today, she's been furiously working the crayons down to nibs. Every sheet is covered right to the edge. She's drawn the oddest thing. One is like a little girl stood on her own on a planet in the middle of a furiously black space. Another is a brick wall. Just that, the entire sheet. A bare brick wall. I asked her about them. She smiled sweetly and explained them all to me, quite reasonably. She usually hates me asking. 
Can I take some pictures and send them to you? Thursday 6th, 3.12pm. So, lunchtime today was notably unpleasant. It was a slightly more formal lunch ahead of a completely unnecessary rehearsal with the officiant. Zuzu managed to knock over a glass of wine by leaning right across the table and Julia briefly yelped. We both braced ourselves for a howl and a retreat, but Zuzu had a new trick up her sleeve. She sat back, calmly for a moment, as Julia and I mopped up. Both doing our best of, just an accident, reassurance. But then started screaming. And kept screaming. I've not heard her do this before. It was an unnatural sound, pained. Marie immediately started fussing for a doctor, presuming Zuzu had hurt herself somehow. The thing was, her face was completely serene. Mouth open, but eyes smiling. She looked in complete control of what she was doing. I saw the other guests around the table gaping in horror and I picked her up without resistance and took her outside. She carried on screaming without missing a beat. A couple of people in the car park looked fairly alarmed and I begged her to stop. And then she did. Now that I think about it, I don't think it occurred to any of us before just to ask her to stop. Julia followed us out and was stopped in her tracks by this beatifically calm child. I must have then finally taken a breath before totally losing my shit. Why the fuck was Zuzu doing this to us? Was this to hurt us? What the fuck had we ever done to her? This wasn't raw emotion. This wasn't loss of control. She looked exactly like she knew what she was doing. I caught Julia's stunned face. I think she'd been heading outside to be furious with Zuzu by shouting at me, but was surprised to see me raging at her niece instead. I started panicking that something terrible had happened and I was missing the obvious. The only thing I could think of was Simon taking her outside the previous day. I immediately burst into a rage at Julia. What had he done to her? I would kill him. I would rip his fucking face off. Julia angrily cut that off straight away. She had actually bumped into Simon and Marie taking Zuzu outside and spent the entire time talking with them. The closest she had ever seen Simon get to Zuzu was offering the remainder of his ice cream for a lick. Through all of this, Zuzu calmly watched and listened. She sat in the corner of the bedroom quietly reading a picture book right now. I have no idea what's going on. Friday 7th, 10.36am. Philippa, something is very wrong here. Many more guests are meant to be arriving here this afternoon before the bulk of those just coming for the day tomorrow. But I just now left breakfast to find Simon and Marie standing in the lobby with their luggage. They cheerfully announced to me that they're off back to London as though that's entirely fine. And when I pressed them for a reason, they had nothing but vagaries about business to attend to. Enraged? I quizzed what was possibly more important than their niece's wedding, especially given the rather obvious absence of our actual fucking parents, but no, just ah well shrugs and grins. And then Julia casually appears, apparently to wave them off. Again, this is all normal and absolutely fine. I'm going insane here. She's just letting them go. I actually spun Julia round by the shoulders as they left. How can she possibly be so relaxed about this? It's fine, she told me again, smiling broadly, but in floods of tears. I had no idea what to say. It was so odd. She never hides anything from me, or only ever very badly.
This is not to say that she was hiding anything then, though. It was so confusing. Her face looked entirely disconnected from the words coming out of it, even as she had started fretting about arrangements for the afternoon arrivals. I let her go and ran to my room. Zuzu saw how shaken I was and immediately offered a cuddle. I'd like to say it helped, but that in itself felt so unsettling I have no idea what to do now. Friday 7th, 4.34pm. The guests are arriving now, so at least the hotel is a little more bustling. I feel calmer for more people around. I keep questioning myself. Simon and Marie and Julia were all so reasonable. It is weird for them to just go, isn't it? It isn't just me. I'm sure some of the groom's family have gone too. I've been mostly staying in the room with Suzu, but I did lean out to look down into the lobby. Julie is there receiving guests. She looks perfectly happy now, all smiles and kisses as she welcomes everybody. The normality is stifling. Saturday 8th, 1.05am. I'm currently sat bolt upright, having been wakened by Zuzu licking my face. It felt animal-like, not like kisses, and I instinctively shoved her away half asleep. She fell off the bed and I expected tears as I realised what I'd done, but instead she just climbed back onto the bed and cuddled up to me. I'm not even sure she was actually awake. She's lying asleep next to me now, and here I am, wide awake with guilt. It's all me. All the rage and the tantrums, they're only ever me. All this anger I have with Richard, I've tried to hide it and protect her from it. But all I've done is somehow overwrite her with it. She's so absorbent. And this is all I've given her. I can feel the sleepiness returning, so maybe I will write this out more in the morning. Saturday 8th, 3.54am. Philippa, there is something in me. I can feel it on my face and in my fingers. I touch my face and it's not my face anymore. It's not my fingers doing the touching. Typing this feels so hard. I'm having to almost punch the letters into the phone like it's floating away from me. I will send this before I can't. This is what is wrong with Zuzu and Simon and Julia. I don't know where it comes from, but this is it, and it has me now. It was eating my daughter from the outside, and I didn't fucking see it. I'm so sorry. I don't know what... Saturday, 11.34am. Oh my word, Philippa. I am so sorry. I imagine my last few emails must have sounded more than a bit distressing. I had the most strange and feverish dream, one of those deep dreams that leaves you confused for a while. I think with all the excitement of the wedding, I let it all get away from me. I apologise if it unsettled you at all. Breakfast this morning was lovely, with so many friends and family here already. Zuzu was a delight, talkative and charming. We are staying for the ceremony, although Julia says it is fine if we do leave a little early, so I have just now packed us all up. I woke up this morning thinking about all the people in my life that I have not seen for so long. 
The whole business with Richard led me to crawl into a shell, didn't it? This has not been good for either me or Zuzu. Seeing so many old faces this morning made me realise I had to get in touch with people I really care about. And when I get home this evening, I will be making some calls. I look forward to seeing you at our regular Wednesday session. We could bring it forward, if that's at all convenient. Avocado was read by Victoria Mosley. It was written and produced by Glyn Cannon and recorded by James Fortune. You can follow The Noted Liar at www.thenotedliar.com and another story will be along soon.